Hey, this is Cam Stevens. I am uh, recording a podcast with uh, my buddy Richard, uh, who is a church planner out in Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, we're just going to talk about culture and theology and scripture and uh, try to look at everything we look at from a uh, just a solid biblical uh, worldview. Uh, so if you happen to download this and listen to it, awesome. Thank you. Um, one thing we would like, if you have any questions that can kind of help guide our conversation, um, anything dealing with culture, how Christians should respond to culture, uh, questions about the Bible, questions about theology or doctrine or whatever, um, if you just want to email us a question at uh, the RC conversation at gmail.com, that would be great. Uh, thanks, and here's our podcast. What's up, Richard? Hey, Kim. How are you? Nice day. Good, yeah. Uh, how's Sioux City treating you? Is it negative 30 up there still? <laughs> no, negative 30 is the opposite. It's like the Mississippi summer that we left two years ago has gotten angry and followed us up here. The index is like about 105. So, yeah, I'm inside with my diet, not the pepper, and AC ready to talk to you. Well, it's hotter up there than it is down here then. Um, all right, I yeah, did uh, want to talk to you about uh, something. I, I watched your vlog, which is a really weird word, uh, the other day on Facebook, and uh, talking about voting and things of that nature. And uh, I've got some questions about that. Before I get to those, I do want to talk to you about your vlog. You start off talking about... Um, kind of God's sovereignty, I guess, over voting. Uh, or, you know, it is God who ultimately uh, appoints leaders and uh, positions, kings and authorities and uh, presidents and congressmen and everything else. Um, and as I listen to it, uh, I think it could be taken by some that it's almost pointless to vote um, or it's pointless okay. to do anything because... God's sovereign, so why should I even vote? If God's ultimately going to put whoever He wants in the in the White House, then why sure. should I even why should I even vote? What do you got to say about that? Yeah. Well, I think uh, you know uh, that's the 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 um, debate between God's sovereignty and our responsibility. And it stretches back um, thousands, you know, millennia, multiple millennia here, multiple millennia, thousands of years um, about. You know, if God's, you know, if God, if God does something and he's in, he's in control, how responsible are we? Um, yeah, I mean, there will, there will be people who take it that way. Um, but I hope in the blog and, and just as we talk about it now is that the calling that I, that of, of voting for us should be that of obedience to the will, character of God and the conscience that he informs us, um, that he has given us, that he informs us with the Holy Spirit and with the Word of God. So, so yeah, I mean, it may seem that way, but like every other thing in life, we're called to be obedient to the best we can and trust God. With that is the recognition that God appoints who he appoints, he raises up, who he raises up to leadership, but that when we partake of voting, we, 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 we trust God, do our homework, and vote our conscience. 
Gotcha. So would you say that, um, would you say that though God is sovereign and though God ultimately is the one who decides in his cosmic omniscience and omnipotence and uh, sovereignty that he uses, um, uses mankind? Like I'm thinking of uh, the Israelites in the Old Testament when uh, they wanted a king. And God said, I'm your king. And they said, well, we want to be like right. everyone else, and we want a king. And so God said, fine, let me give you Saul, um, who was a horrible king. And so God gave them the king, but only after basically I don't, I don't, using their, uh, I don't want to go into free will or choice or anything else, but uh, their desires, he gave them uh, basically who they deserved. Uh, in their rejection of him. So, like, when you talk about God's sovereignty and us voting, that there's a, not a playoff of each other, but that our our, our choices, our voting, uh, the direction our country's going, whatever, uh, not sways God's sovereignty, but plays into God's sovereignty? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's voting for us, <clears throat> Christians that live in a nation that has voting, is a calling for us to exercise our conscience. I mean, a lot of things, you know, a lot of things are this way. You know, we have to, we have to make decisions all the time to say, you know, what will God's will be in the situation? I mean, there are people who pray. I mean, today I was praying with the people about decisions they had to make. You know, do we, do we, do, do my kids go to this college or do they, do I buy this car or move to this neighborhood? And voting is so different. I mean, so, I mean, for me, when I approach it, I, I, I anchor it, you know, in the book of Romans, when we're called to uh, honor our our leaders and how that plays out, um, I just think that I just think that voting is more simple obedience than anything else. So, yeah, he uses us as, in his sovereignty like he does everything else in life. I don't think it's a special case. I, mean, I think it's just there's a, a call simple and simple informed obedience. Is what voting is. Yeah. All right. Well, talking about voting, there are a couple of uh, articles that I kind of want to reference that are going to kind of guide, I guess, our conversation or guide kind of the direction I want to I want to go. Um, written by uh, one was an op-ed piece written in Christianity Today by um, Russell Moore. Uh, one was written by Ronnie Floyd. Uh, but the biggest one that I want to reference was written on your favorite uh, blog, The Gospel Coalition. <laughs> Uh, by Thabiti, and I'm not going to even attempt to say his last name because I know I'm going to mess it up. Where they deal with uh, voting and moral responsibility and uh, third-party votes and wasted votes and, and things of that nature and things that, that I think Christians are debating and thinking about and struggling with. And uh, I know I am personally. Um Sure. You know, yeah. is is not voting an, an option for Christians? And let me just start right there. Um, as believers, is our call to vote or responsibility to vote? Is it is it a Christian responsibility? Uh, you know, because it's a, a God honoring thing, or there's something in Scripture that would lead us to think that it's a, a, a God commandment, or is it more of an American responsibility? Um, like Floyd in his article. Have a biblical responsibility to govern our personal and moral lives, but we also have a responsibility as citizens of America. 
get stress specific triggered to sort of say, okay, I'm not voting and everything else. And so um, you definitely don't want to, to make the distinction there because you kind of, in the same sentence, you know, places equal importance or at least close to importance, I don't think. So what do you think? Do you think that uh, a Christian is wrong if they choose not to vote because neither of those two Um, well, I think that first, yes, it is an American responsibility. There's no question. We have a representative form of government where we vote for our president, and we have electoral college, and they're just supposed to vote how we want to vote. And I mean, our entire system is based upon one one vote per person, and and and, and all that. So, yeah, and and so it is an American responsibility. Um, but you know, biblically. You're not going to find a verse that says thou shalt go vote. It's just not there. Um, it's certainly, we've, we, many pastors, and, and I have, even on occasion, put it to the level of, yes, you have to vote or you're in disobedience. Um, but, while I think that's a stretch, I do know the Bible teaches that we're called to be a good citizen. We're called to be informed. Christians should be the most informed citizens that a nation has. Um, it should be the most active in their community, loving their neighbor, um, caring about their their city and their neighborhoods. So if, if, if we all kind of agree with that. If that's the case, it's hard to say we should love our neighbor and then abstain from voting, which is a fundamental part of, of being neighbors um, where we live. So yeah, I, I think I, I'm not going to say if you don't vote that you're wrong. But I really, you really have to say, what's my motive in this? So, so yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a little bit of both ends. It's definitely American, but it points at some Christian citizenship also. Okay, well, it sounds though too that your 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 argument for voting is more based on uh, loving your neighbor and being a good neighbor more than being a good citizen. Oh well, I would. I would I'd put that. What do you like in the two? They're both, they're both important. Well, they're, I mean, they're both important. It's kind of hard to divorce the two. I mean, you can't. It's hard to be a bad citizen and a good neighbor and vice versa. Um, yeah. But you're making decisions. I mean, you know, when we go and we elect President ABC. It's going to affect me. It's also going to affect our neighbors. So they're, they they are very much hand in hand. Yeah. Okay. So then, let's say that Christians are supposed to vote. Or, you know, you need to, if you're going to be a good neighbor, if you're going to love your neighbor as yourself, then we vote. Uh, yeah. Someone says crazy anyway. <laughs> Yeah. 
it come as soon as the racing group? Just before we really kind of get into the article and kind of mention some direct things, what are your thoughts on on that? I just I just know this. Growing up in a Christian home, my parents and and in church, I never knew too many men and women I respect with the faith who told me that your life is to be lived by selecting a lesser of two in anything. I'm sure people out there, there's probably some exceptions and we'll get emails and and everything else, but that's cool if we want those. But I I can't off the top of my head just talking to you. Think of too many times where I've been told or I tell people, okay, life is hard. You go out and you make a decision that you think will cost fewer lives or less money or less pain. No, what we tell people is you do the best you can at trying to do God's will, which it should be our conscience. Our conscience should be informed by the Word. Our conscience should be informed by the Spirit of God. We should walk with God, and then we should be able to make a wise decision based upon God's will. That's what we should do. Now, whether we do that or not, it's a whole different podcast and everything else. But I've never... As a pastor, as a friend, as a, as a husband, have I ever told anyone, at least my knowledge, to go out and live a life and a decision walking around trying to pick the best lesser two evils? I mean, that's, that's not Christian. That's utilitarianism. Yeah. It's a totally different approach to life. That's not a Christian approach to anything. And I think it's, and just to get to this, it's troubling that the idea of voting your conscience is all of a sudden a new method of approaching voting or approaching anything. Christians should always be voting or always walking in or always living by their conscience instead of born by the word. And the fact that it's a new a new method of evaluating our politics is the most troubling thing about this. But yeah. that's, that's, that's absolutely, absolutely the way back. value for at least limiting the evil that will result. Uh, I need, I feel the need to cast a vote, a vote against someone. So his whole idea is I'm going to vote, but instead of voting for something or voting for someone, uh, I'm going to vote against someone uh, regardless of what I'm voting for. And ultimately what he decides in the, in the articles that he's going to vote for uh, Clinton unless something changes. Um, and so well, let me go ahead uh, and, and read you another quote from, from him. Um, but let me hasten to add a couple of things. I don't think the goal right now is merely a quiet conscience. So when I'm talking about voting your conscience, he says that that's not the goal. Uh, I don't see how such a goal can be met right. without abdicating a significant moral responsibility to oppose evil. Uh, it's not enough to say I had no part in the evil. We must actually resist the evil as best we can. Um, now, I understand what he's saying, but at the same time, he's, he's suggesting uh, right. fighting evil with evil. Because morally, morally exactly you can't, you can't say exactly one is dangerous. more than the other. And to, yeah, to vote for Clinton yeah, uh, against Trump means you're voting right. for uh, someone who supports right. abortion and... 
Um, yeah, I mean, just basically uh, a lot of stuff that, that Scripture calls evil, she is, is definitely uh, for. And even in her moral character, um, there's stuff all over, you know, the Internet about that. Sure. But what do you think about that? His whole, his whole, his whole mindset, his whole ideology I mean, yeah. that. Well, I want to start by saying I respect, I respect Pastor Didi. He's a loves Jesus. He's a good pastor. Identified by all of his writings. So I'm going to say this: He's not taking a position. Basically, you have you have one bad red decision and one and a bad blue decision. <laughs> There's two decisions. He's just choosing. He looks at Hillary, looks at Donald, and says, I decide that Hillary is less evil than Donald. Well, that's a complete political opinion. I mean, <laughs> he, he's making it, – it's none of that – nothing in that opinion that he had was based upon – apparently an article on saying, okay, we're going to uh, uh, weigh out the options. We're going to see what God wants. It's literally we're going to hold our nose. And pick the one that we find yeah. less stinky. <laughs> I and mean, that's what he says. I mean, that's it's gonna it's, it can't it's gonna boil down to people having to make one of these four decisions, right? They're gonna say, I pick a lesser people. Well, one, I really like one of the two candidates, which is not the majority of Americans, period. Two, lesser of two evil, three, I do not vote, or four, I vote an alternative candidate within the two parties. That's it. So you're gonna have, you know, He's looked at Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and said, "I like Hillary Clinton's platform a little bit better." Okay, he has that. He has that's his opinion, and he's entitled to it. But the problem is, it doesn't train Christians to think about the entire political process and think about what what is actually has integrity. What is what has integrity? Right, let me ask you this: What do you vote? The best what do you think about we... God? It's merely I, I will vote. Go ahead. Go ahead. What I'm to say again? Well, I was just going to say that it, it, it is a merely a. It, it doesn't show, in my opinion, all due respect. It doesn't show the belief that God is the one who's in control of this process. Yeah, it's a completely pragmatic decision, and and that's you know, and it's and it's supposed to say if you go in and do the same thing with with uh, Donald Trump, it's the same thing. It's not. The decision is, yeah. Okay, now he talks about the third party uh, vote or voting for anyone basically other than Trump or Clinton uh, as being a wasted vote. It says it doesn't mean jack because it doesn't impact the next four years. Um, what are the benefits of voting third party? A clean conscience. Well, I mean, I mean okay, I mean, it's, it's um, voting your conscience is your benefit. It just so happens that this year, most people, it's going to be third party or it's fourth to the sixth. I mean, it's going to be your smaller parties. For most Christians, it's going to be those far parties will, will, will ease their conscience the best. That's why you do everything, right? We do everything because we want to be a living sacrifice to God, and our conscience informs us to vote that way. And that's really the benefit. We're not. I think that it can be kind of troubling to me. When our decision, the first thing we base our decision on is how is this politically going to help anybody? That enters, that enters our mind, but it's really I have a, I have a obligation as an American citizen to vote. 
I need to make this decision, like I do every other decision in my life as a Christian, what do I think God will want me to do based upon a concept? I mean, it, goes, it goes back to the same thing. Either either you vote your conscience or you don't. And that's it. I just choose to vote my conscience. And I think I believe that's the right Christian. Okay. Well, what would you what would you say if, if you're talking to someone and they said, well, voting your conscience, especially in this arena because of the potential evil uh, or the unknown evil that could come with Trump or uh, Clinton being president, um, that voting your conscience is not an option. Because that, basically that's what he says. That's what he says is voting your conscience is not an option. Yeah, he did. And, and, and not just him. A lot of people are saying that. This is the time you do vote your conscience. Look, if Christians said we're going to vote our conscience, and we are not going to vote for the two people that have been given before us. If, Christ, if, if a Christian as a whole, that's, you know, millions of people in our country, and some people, you know, I mean, there's no way to measure that, okay? But people who are self-identifying Christians that we will vote our conscience and not just you throw out, throw out there. The next election in 2020, you're going to have both political parties sitting right backwards to get Christians back into the political process. So there'll be a huge hole of people who tend to vote on a block, not voting, basically. So it's actually a political statement. <laughs> I mean, sitting out, sitting out of voting, and what would happen is Hillary Clinton would probably win because more Christians will probably end up voting for Trump than Clinton. I guess that's that's really a fact I would imagine. Okay. Well, that's the case. The Republican Party steps back and says, "Oh man, we we lost to Hillary Clinton, who's the fairly despised. <laughs> Why? Because we ran a candidate that Christians would not rally behind. But we're we're telling people rally behind them. <laughs> it doesn't make it just makes no sense. It, it, it's a, it's bad politics on top of it. And it's just it's it's a it, the decision to go and hold your nose and book one of these two. In my opinion, and people will disagree, I'm sure, is that it's one. It, at least for me, it speaks out against my conscience. And secondly, it uh, is just bad politics in the long run. Because we're going to have an election in 2016, we're going to have an election in 2020. And, and you throw out the hypothetical then. All Christians, let's say they all vote for a third party. And since there's no third party or third candidate who has come to the forefront as being like the the guy that Christians should support, it just kind of gets spread all over about there's no, you know, there's no solid person. Is it possible that instead of driving the Republican Party to say, okay, we need to reassess and move back towards more uh, conservative values, uh, is there a possible instead of doing that to go the opposite way of we've got to get more votes and so therefore we have to move more um, moderate or more liberal to appeal to the people that voted for Clinton? I, I don't know, but I know that if I mean, because this is very theoretical. I mean, you're not going to, you would never have a mass of people. For example, um, a lot of times, you know, unions tend to vote in blocks, but never did every union member vote for the same person, right? I mean, this is totally theoretical, but if a huge mass of Christians, let's just say 10 million, make that number up. If a mass of 10 million people who consistently vote in a block basically set out, trust me, the political pundits of those parties in today's political marketplace where everyone with a lesser two eagles is the only way that we think. I mean, there's no, nobody can get a whole lot of traction, right? It's just with social media and everything else, it's just so much noise and noise and machine out there to where you have to, it's just fight for every vote you can get. And a big mass of religious people who vote in the same, the same way and 
think very similarly, all opt out. Yeah, they're going to automatically have political power at that point. I'm not saying that's our goal. It's not. I'm clearly not saying that. But practically, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 just it's just that. Here's my opinion. The Republican Party, I think, knows for the most part that Christians will vote Republican. And very consistently, probably with not a whole lot of thought, unfortunately. So they'll jump behind Donald Trump, and I think most Christians will. And he may win. I don't know. But they'll jump behind Donald Trump in this, regardless of what his actual platform, and we don't even know what most of the platform is, but regardless of his platform, they're going to rally behind him. And if that happens, Yes, you may in your idea chose the lesser of two evils, but it's still evil, and you do nothing to move. For example, think Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is not going to win, right? He, he really didn't come that close, frankly. A lot of buzz. That party is going to be more liberal now. You know why? Because a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters are going to sit out this campaign, or they're going to vote for Bernie, which is throwing your vote away. So the next go around, they're going to have to think, what are we going to have to do to bring these people back into the Does Bernie platform? not remind That's you of Black Brown from so, Back to the Future? And he sounds like he him, too. like him. Yeah. I want to hear him say <laughs> Jigalot. He sounds like him, and, you know, that would be incredible. He, um, <laughs> he's a, he's a, you know, Bernie something. I, I, he's consistent. Uh, I'll give him that. He's not, uh, certainly not my cup of tea, but he's consistent. That's fair. So, but he's a uh, he tells you looks like uh, it was Chris Chris Lloyd and Back to the Future, not Brown. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's, um, uh, he's something else. You made a point that you know if you vote for the lesser of two evils, you're still voting for evil. Uh, as Christians, and I know I, I know yeah. I've seen different articles about Thabiti and and the guy he had a, a someone from his church kind of sub in on one of his times to write who pleaded for Christian leaders to uh, encourage their their congregations and and people to vote for Clinton. Um, But as a Christian, how do you, uh, how do you, you deal with the, I don't know, I guess the, the moral fallout, the moral responsibility of, someone saying you have to choose lesser evil because you're still choosing evil. In fact, Thabiti said you're either choosing Hitler or Stalin. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought in that, because it wasn't it wasn't it was, a, it was a gentleman in his congregation, I believe. You say it's lesser of two evils, but you are telling people to vote for one of the evils. I think about that. You're saying one of these two are evil. We don't like either one of them. So we, we take the best... Well, the least worst of the two, but you're telling people to go and vote for the least, the least worst. In other words, there is clearly a desire to vote for Hillary there. You know, I mean, that's that's, that's okay. That's I mean, I disagree, but you know, I mean, it's just. So I guess what I'm saying is, it's just it seems rare to me that people that so many people who want to vote for one of these two candidates at the end of the day. Most of them like them, <laughs> at least in a large percentage of them. Uh, although it may not seem that way. I think we'll find out to be true. I think we'll find out that that uh, the people who vote for Hillary and for Donald actually we're both Southern Baptists. Uh, and while the Southern Baptist Convention doesn't necessarily yeah, okay. have any uh, 
Amen, doesn't brother. have any uh, direct uh, command on us. Our churches are all autonomous. Um, uh, right. How would you respond if uh, Ronnie Floyd, the president of our convention, uh, at, at this year's meeting came out and said, look, right. as Southern Baptists, we need to vote or we need to back uh, Donald Trump. And they voted and it passed. And so Southern Baptists were officially, right. as a convention, uh, voting for Trump or, you know, supporting Trump. What would your response? Well, officially, officially, not officially, yeah. I mean, officially, it's probably not that. But, yeah, but there is a stamp, almost like a stamp of proof. I don't know how we officially call that political round, but um, I guess it's the same issue. I mean, it's the same issue. It's just, it's just uh, Brother Ronnie just approached it by saying, hey, you know, um, I look what's two evils. And, you know, I, don't, I didn't get the impression that he – where he wrote that he was a big fan of Donald Trump. I just think he went through the same process that the B did and said, "Let's tables, we'll go with we'll go with Donald Trump." You know, I mean, it's just and again, that's that's what I'm kind of getting at. Trying to, I guess, is just there's <laughs> the decision. If your conscience is your decision, you don't have a whole lot of decisions. You, you vote who you believe is the best person according to the will of God. Period. If you're going in and you're just sort of voting the the two that one the, the least of the two or whatever, um, you're you're basically on the same moral high ground or I just want to use that term as, as somebody votes for the other person. If it's not, if it's not based upon conscience, it's just based upon which party they're in. And I'm not saying that was his motivation at all, and I respect him like a disability, but it's just the same type of. It's the same type of yeah. Decision, All right. Well, here's what Moore had to say. Moore said, uh, in the cases when he's voted for an right. independent or written in a candidate, uh, he didn't necessarily expect that candidate to win. His main objective was to participate in the process without endorsing moral evil. Uh, as Christians, we are not responsible for the reality of our two-party system or the way others exercise their citizenship, but we will give account on how we delegate our authority. And then he says, when Christians face two clearly immoral options, we cannot rationalize a vote for immorality or injustice just because we deem the alternative to be worse. Um, I, gee, yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> I agree with Russell. I, 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 you know, I had uh, actually read Russell Moore's last blog and went back and read his article and said, yeah, uh, he just just I should have just said Luke Russell Moore put. <laughs> well, really let me good. ask you this: Why uh, why do you think do, he's I, I, the only main voice that I've seen saying this, and not we need to talk to these people or this person, or you need to um, vote for this person or this person? Well, I think a couple of one let it let them let it play out a little bit. I mean, there's still a long way to the election. You'll see more people um, voice their opinions, and some and they'll be across the spectrum. I, th- I think it's just, I just think that, um, evangelicals as a whole and SPC in particular have had pretty good influence on politics since the late seventies, you know, pretty good influence. I think as, as, I think it's not hard to argue that President Reagan would never have been elected without evangelicals. Um, certainly President Bush, George W. Bush, would not have been reelected the second. The second time, he not would not have been reelected without the evangelical. There's no way. There's a thirty ten percent approval rating. But evangelicals, you know, voted him back in. Um, so, so there's always been, you know, it's usually with the Republican Party, there's always been a political strength that evangelicals have brought to the table. So again, they voted in a block. Um, but now, 
clearly the Republican Party, who tended to benefit from that strength, has turned from the evangelical base. So now you have to reevaluate and say, okay, the sort of the, um, the category we've been in of, okay, we have two parties and this is the one we tend to vote for, is now kind of been shattered. So now, so now, so you kind of have to step back and say, all right, what is what is the real or what is the true or what is the best way we can address voting now? Because there have been times with um, the Republican candidacy, it's been a pretty easy vote for evangelicals. You know, <laughs> they go in there and then mark the elephant and get out. It's just not that way anymore. So I, I think that that was honestly that was the, the, the little vlog I put out. Which it is a vlog's a ridiculous way of it's a ridiculous word. Vlog's you know, bad enough, but uh, <laughs> uh, the reason to put that vlog out was because of that. Because there there was people in 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 my congregation and just people around and people to talk to that are really struggling with exactly. I have to go vote for one of these two people. And I just want to say no. We're called to vote our conscience. It's just for a long time our conscience probably did line up with a mainstream, you know, candidate. So. I, I just think that's what it is. I, th- I think it's just it's just a, we we have these categories. Uh, we uh, we want to play by quote unquote play by the rules, so to speak. And um, you know it, that, that time, at least in the present current situation, it might not be possible. So basically, what we've decided is that Christians should vote. They should vote their conscience, and to vote their conscience, they need to be informed. They need to figure out who the third parties are, who someone else they can write in. Um, even if their name's not on the ballot. Hey, can I, can I, go, uh, I want to go off on that point. Well, yeah. Christians should be informed anyway, right? I mean, well, and, and I don't want, this is not just a, a rant, but I, mean, I think that, I think a, a lifestyle of knowing your neighbors, knowing your city, you know, knowing the needs of people as you're around, is being informed on what they struggle with. It doesn't mean just watch the news. It means being involved in their lives, of course. And then being aware of the political issues of the day, at least... You know, on a base level, should should be part of the DNA of the Christian. It should be something we scatter around about, worry about every four years. And I, I think that, I think I kind of see that happening, and um, that that's a little troubling. So yeah, it's just something that we need to do that anyway. So, yeah, I interrupt you. No, no, that's fine. That's 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 okay. Um, I will say this too: when people talk about Trump and Hillary, it makes me a little uncomfortable calling them Stalin and Hitler. It seems seems a bit. A bit extreme. Uh, I say we call him Johnny from Karate Kid and Biff well, from Back to the Future. Those are two more villains that I think are probably a little bit more like. Well, I, well, I mean, if you're voting for Biff or, or Johnny, clearly you have to vote for Johnny, and because I mean, he he, he had the Cobra Kai, and the Cobra Kai was going to be pretty on you know, on the presidential. Uh, Making personal decisions is exactly what you need. You know, they, uh, but he's a wonderful sort of. Well, a myth knows the future, <laughs> at least voting wise, or at least gambling wise, because of his. Well, yeah, if you, if that's right. He did have that. He did, have, but he has he had a bad gambling habit, and that's something that the the um, that the media would get out in a heartbeat. Um, but Johnny was also in um, back to school. Right? Well, Johnny also had a drug problem. And he was a jerk. Remember Daniel dude. flushed his joints down the toilet. Yes. He, that's a good point. He did. He did, and that was a uh, really and, and he got revenge for that. That's a uh, yeah. This this conversation just uh, went off into a whole maybe a little more entertaining. Trace, 
Oh, well, people listening to me now are sound asleep, so maybe when we said Johnny for Crikey, they're just going to talk Well, we're at about 35 <laughs> minutes, so uh, I guess we'll call this one. Um, I will say that if anyone is actually listening to this and still listening to it, uh, if you have any questions uh, or topics that you would like to hear discussed or questions about the Bible or theology or culture and, and how to look at that from a Christian perspective or from a biblical worldview, that's kind of what we're going to be doing here. So uh, if you have anything like that, just email us at thercconversation at gmail.com. And uh, hopefully if we get some emails, we can use those to kind of guide some of the podcasts and some of the uh, discussion that we have. Um, but unless you got anything to say else to say, man, I guess we're done. No, just, uh, man, just had a great week and a great day of worship, uh, this Lord's day coming up and everybody stay cool. I think most of our audience is going to be from, uh, right now, probably from we're from originally in the South and here in the Midwest, it's not much different. So everybody stay cool, take care of yourself and don't, don't, uh, get too burned. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. We'll see you now.